you've lifted your heads, but let me ask you to do something. Would you close your eyes for a moment? I'm going to have you keep your eyes closed for a minute, and already some of you feel uncomfortable with your blindness. If you were blind, keep your eyes closed, what would you be willing to do to receive your sight? I know how you're feeling right now. You're uncomfortable. Some of you are really uncomfortable with your own blindness in this moment. You're wondering what's going on around you. What is about to happen? With your eyes closed, think about something that you saw this morning that was beautiful. Maybe it was your spouse. Maybe it was in your drive-in, you saw a building or some type of landscape that you thought was quite attractive. Maybe it was a child. Now, right now you're blind. Can you imagine if you'd never been able to see what you saw this morning that was beautiful? What would you do to receive your sight? Open up your eyes. If you were blind and you received your sight, what is the first thing you would do? Think about it. You know, we study the Bible to see Jesus more clearly because we believe that when we see Jesus, we see God. Colossians 1 says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So when you see Jesus, you see God. When Jesus moves and talks, we see the movement of God and we hear God. Does this image of Jesus, when you think about Jesus, do do you think about the fact that as you get to know him and see him, that it is really seeing God? Now, um, going back to what you already know about Jesus, do you find uh, Jesus to be attractive? I don't just mean physically attractive, but I mean what he does and how he lives, is he attractive to you? Do you see Jesus as bold? It's interesting to notice that in his public ministry that uh, what most of what Jesus did was in the face of great opposition. Jesus was unpopular most of his public ministry. In fact, even when there were crowds around him, uh, people... Uh, crowded around him, not always because they liked him, but because they were so interested in how this guy could come with such boldness in the face of religious opposition by the religious leaders. Do you see Jesus as a revolutionary? Do you see Jesus as one who gave a voice to the sick, to the child, to the outcast? How do you see Jesus? The story that we're about to read is about a man who was blind from birth. Blind from birth, and he let Jesus spit in dirt, form it into clay, and rub it in his eyes. It's kind of strange, isn't it? I mean, would you allow somebody to do that if you were blind to receive your sight? So here is this blind 
beggar, Jesus takes this mud formed in the clay with his spit, and he rubs it in this blind beggar's eyes, and he goes from being a blind beggar to a seeing evangelist. And when Jesus heals this guy, man, he heals him near the synagogue, and all heck breaks loose. People go crazy. In fact, the majority of the story, Jesus is not even there. Jesus does something, he kind of steps out of the picture, and then he comes back in at the end. But what we'll see is what happens when a man goes from being blind to seeing and how it affects the people around him. Now, before we get into this, I want you to understand something. Many of you in here are Christ's followers. And do you know that uh, before you understood that your sins separated you from God and that God sent Jesus to die for your sin, that you were spiritually blind? Do you know that? You're blind. You, you, you couldn't have, without Christ, see things in the way that God wants you to see them. So when we think about Jesus healing blind people, we very much can think about our own blindness before Christ and how we've been healed by Christ and what it's like to see now that we're in Christ. Our lives are changed. Now, some of you may be in here and you're not healed from your spiritual blindness. Maybe you don't see Jesus as a revolutionary. You don't see Jesus as bold. You don't see Jesus as the one who paid the price for your sins on the cross. Well, I hope and pray that you will see Jesus as that. So, so just a few things here, and I'll try to take it easy on you. I know it's kind of a holiday weekend. Here we go. Jesus, uh, Jesus heals the blind. So when, when Jesus heals the blind, several things happen. First of all, this is an easy one. What's, what happens when you go from blind to being able to see? You're able to see. Okay, very good. So, so when you go from blind to being able to see, you're able to see things. Now look here in verse 1 of chapter 9. Let's read the first few verses. So this, um, we're just going to take this in chunks, okay? So verse 1 of chapter 9. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents. Now, it was common in this day to see someone sick and to believe that they were sick as a result of their sin. It wasn't always the case that a person was sick as a result of their sin, but sometimes it was. But in this instance, it is not a result of the man's sin that has caused him to be born blind. Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. I love that. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. And he's making a reference there to his ministry, his public ministry. And uh, verse, verse 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, what would someone who claims to be the light of the world be able to do? Bring light to people that are in darkness, right? So he's very much about to do this to this man who's in physical darkness. Verse 6. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. Now, the word Siloam actually means scent, which is really interesting. I don't want to make too much of it, but it's an interesting thing. So this man born blind is healed in this pool, and then uh, in the pool means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. So when Jesus heals, people see. People see. 
Now, if we were to skip down to verse 24, just quickly skip down to verse 24, and we'll, we'll meet in the middle and a few other points. But so, so, so this man uh, is seeing people don't believe it. And, uh, and so he explains about how he got this sight. Verse 24, so for the second time, they, the religious leaders, called the man who had been born blind and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man, being Jesus, is a sinner. See, these guys are confused as to how Jesus uh, could have done this thing. So they're accusing him of being a sinner. Verse 25, listen to this verse. He answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know that though I was blind, I now see. Ever had that happen? Someone say, what is going on with you in this church? (laughs) What in the world? You are so different. You you don't act like you used to do. You you show self-control. Your words have changed. Some of you in here, I mean, I can think about just since we began this church, you went from a being a real hellion. I'm gonna, I won't point you out. Okay, from being a real hellion to being someone who's like, whoa, like I hope my sons and my daughter grow up to be like you. What in the world? I mean, people are going, I don't know you, man. That, man, that Russell, he, is, he must become some kind of cult leader. You know, I've heard this before. Like, I don't know what he's doing to this person, but they're getting really weird. They won't get drunk all the time like they used to. They go to church on Sunday mornings. They're giving away money and expecting nothing in return. What kind of freak is this? Why would you do this? People are questioning how this blind man who can now see received the sight, and this blind man just simply says, listen, I don't understand everything. This is something you ought to be able to say yourself and have complete permission in your own faith. Listen, I don't understand everything, but one thing I do know, I was blind, and now I see. Can you feel that? I don't know how all of this Christianity stuff works. I don't know who God is totally. I don't exactly understand why there's still evil in the world. I don't exactly understand how there still can be poor people if God is loving. I don't exactly understand why some Christians behave in a way that embarrass all the rest of us. I don't exactly know. But one thing I do know, though I was blind, I now see. Memorize that. You see, when you can see, after Jesus has touched your lives, you will learn to love your enemies. When you can see, you will learn to love serving without expecting an accolade. When you can see, you will learn to walk by faith and not by sight. I think I've told you this before, but when I told some people, that uh, I was going to leave my position three and a half years ago where I was at and come plant this church, they said, what? Are you crazy? Are you crazy? And I said, listen, I don't understand it all. I got no money. I got nothing. I had three kids at the time. We wanted to grow the church, so we had a fourth. (laughs) And every once in a while, we're like, we may need to have a fifth, you know? Some Spanish going on up here in the front. Um, 
But, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, when you, when you meet Jesus and you're, that, that thing gets removed from your eyes, you begin to see things differently. And you begin to walk by faith and not by sight, not because you can see how everything's going to work out, and I still don't. When you, when you can see, you will experience the peace that surpasses all understanding. When you can see, you will gladly give yourself to the work of helping others to see. This is what this man did. He was a blind beggar, and then he turned into a seeing evangelist. And he didn't even mean to. I mean, he's walking around like, hey, hey, how's it going? People are going, who are you? You were the guy that since birth was blind. And in this society, for sure, a blind person could only feed himself or herself by begging. And so this guy goes back into his neighborhood and uh, to the place where people knew him since birth as being blind, and now he can see. And, you, and this brings me to my second point. You know, when you are uh, blind and Jesus heals you, you will confuse people. Look at verse 8. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it is he. Others said, no, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. I mean, they would rather believe that someone that looks just like him had shown up than believe that this man had been healed. And this guy's like, no, hey, it's me. Remember? Hey, Rob, remember me? You know, come on. I'm always asking you for a peso or a nickel or whatever it was, you know. It's, it's me. I'm the man. And they, so they say to them, well, then how are your eyes open? How have you been able to see? He answered, I mean, you guys get this question from time to time. I mean, like, what is it about you that's changed? Well, why, can, why do you seem to experience peace in the midst of, of chaos at work? Why, why are you so calm? Verse 11, he answered, Well, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go and wash your eyes in the pool of Siloam. So I went and did it, and I received my sight. And they said to him, where is he? And he said, I have no idea. Do you know that this man doesn't even know what Jesus looks like? Think about that. What we see also here, in addition to these people being confused by this healed person, we see this little bitty response of faith. I love conversations with people that God's beginning to work on their heart, and some of you are still here where you're, you're interested in Jesus, but you're wondering, like, what it means to give your life to Jesus. And what's really beautiful about this story is that we see this man, he knew he was blind, he knew he wanted to see, this guy rubbed something in his eyes and said, go wash your eyes. Do you think he totally understand who Jesus was? Do you think he totally understood what it meant to follow Jesus? No. All he knew is he was blind and he wanted to see. And so he did it. He put what little faith he had in this rabbi, maybe Messiah in his mind, and he stepped in that faith, and then he goes to, uh, in stepping in faith, that little bit of faith he places in Jesus, he obeys, and then what happens? He's healed. And do you think his faith was increased? Absolutely. And so some of you in here, Jesus is saying, hey, I, I want to do something in your life, and, uh, and I just want you to take the faith that you have and place it in me and then watch me do miracles. 
so that's for somebody for what it's worth. But you're going to confuse people. People around you are going to say, man, I don't, I don't know about this. They're going to be skeptical of you. Interesting, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, uh, describes us as aliens, strangers, those who follow Christ. And so in many ways, as you get to know Christ more and more, you are going to become less and, like most, less and less like most of the people around you. You're going to be an alien. You're going to be a stranger. No longer is this world your home. You're going to confuse people. People around you are going to wonder, and they're going to be skeptical. And you know how people respond to things that they're uncomfortable with? What do they do? They criticize. They make fun of. It's okay. You're also going to anger some people. Verse 13. They brought this man, the neighbors brought this man to the Pharisees. Now, probably they brought him to the Pharisees because they they knew that the religious leaders of the community could be trusted. They thought they could be trusted to speak and explain exactly what's going on with this man. I mean, this is a guy blind from birth, healed, walking around now. They're confused. And so they're going to, well, let's take him to the trusted, respected religious leaders, the Pharisees. And I don't think that the neighbors probably expected the Pharisees to be so angered about this man being healed as, as they were. So, it was a, so they brought the Pharisees a man who had been formerly born blind. It was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. This is an important point. That on the Sabbath day, uh, Jesus did this activity. So the Pharisees again asked him how he'd received his sight. He said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and I seen. It's like the Pharisees can't get it through their thick heads what exactly has gone on. And so some of the Pharisees have a problem with it. They have a problem with it because Jesus has done something on the Sabbath. Uh, now, why would him doing something on the Sabbath be so offensive? Well, because healings on the Sabbath were illegal. And, uh, and also this work of taking mud or dirt and, and combining it with spit to make clay uh, would be considered work. And the rules about work on the Sabbath had become so strict and so many that it, that, that it was ridiculous. And so these Pharisees could not see past what their man-made rules to see what Jesus was actually doing in people's lives. So uh, there's division among them. I mean, the crowd is divided. Some say that Jesus is a sinner because of the Sabbath miracle. Others say that he's a prophet because of the Sabbath miracle. Uh, But we do know this, that the religious leaders just got angry. They're mad. This is another instance of Jesus kind of putting one on them. And they're not working within their religious system. Now, I, I'm not one of those that say uh, all religion is bad, but I will say this. Uh, religious systems that, that, that prevent people from coming easily to Jesus are, are a problem. Uh, even as our system of religious expression grows, what we want to be doing always is making it more clear and more simple for people just to see who Jesus is. Because we believe that when Jesus shows up, that he'll do whatever he wants to do and blind people will be made to see. And when that happens, we're not going to be angry about it. Somebody asked me recently about, um, 
You know, we do postcards and we do yard signs uh, for the church, trying to raise awareness that we exist. We actually are about to, to get a billboard on Washington Avenue, which is kind of crazy, and it's going to be uh, me and Andrew and our wives, and I'm just kidding, and um, you're like, oh no, this is that church. Uh, no, 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 it's not going to be like, yeah, <laughs> pastors, Russell, first lady, Jeannie Cravens, um, no, no, that, that's not this place, uh, but we are going to do a billboard, it's going to simply say, rest for the weary uh, near town church, and the people say, well, you know, are you sure, I mean, should we be marketing Jesus, and I say, you know what? Um, short of sinning, we're going to do whatever it takes to introduce people to Jesus. I mean, I, we're going to do whatever it takes. We're going to have a party in the park every Saturday all summer, this summer. Every Saturday all summer, we're going to show up, we're going to give away ice cream, we're going to put up our bounce house, we're going we're to send people out there. We have three churches from outside the loop. We're going to invite them in. There's some of their youth to help work it and so that, to help them understand. We're going to do whatever it takes to get people to Jesus because we believe that when people can be touched by Jesus, they go from being blind people to people that can see. I hope you're, I hope you're down with that because that's exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> Also, um, when Jesus heals you, um, we see a third idea, that you may isolate yourself. Now, something really fascinating has happened here. Verse 18, the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight. And, so, and they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them. I mean, if there's anybody that's going to vouch for you, it's your parents, right? So they asked his parents, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents say, we know that this is our son, that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Now, chances are, they knew who opened his eyes. I mean, think about it. If you were blind, and you were healed, and you went home and you told your parents, they would say, what in the world? And you'd say, Jesus did it. But they were intimidated because they knew of the threat of the religious leaders uh, that, that uh, if, if someone sided with Jesus, this was a growing threat, if someone became a part of this group of Jesus followers, that they'd be kicked out of the synagogue. So they were more fearful of losing their religious connection to the synagogue than they were about admitting truth and being true to Jesus, which is so interesting. So they kind of pass it off to the guy. Verse 21, but, now, but how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age, so he's probably 13 or older. He will speak for himself. Verse 22, his parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he had to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age. It's interesting. Sometimes when we follow Jesus, when we go from being blind to being seen, we feel isolated. People, even as close as our own family members. Have you ever experienced that? Some of you have family members, and they're very skeptical about your relationship with Jesus Christ and uh, also your relationship with the community of believers. Do you have people like that in your family? You're in good company, because this guy did. Sometimes when we follow Jesus, what we must recognize is that we're going to isolate ourselves, even from people that are very close to us. 
as you go from being blind to being able to see, it's going to confuse people, anger people, you're going to isolate yourself, uh, and you'll be surprised at who is with you and who is skeptical of your faith and begins to separate themselves from you. Some of you will lose very close friends as a result of following Jesus Christ. I certainly wouldn't want that for you, but that's a reality. And so this guy, who was blind and can now see, it's amazing. This, this man um, went from being the place of debate, the object of de- debate, to being someone who is a place of divine mercy and revelation. Here, here's what's happening in your life. If you've gone from being blind to being able to see, as people around you are trying to process that in different ways, what you become is a place where God's gospel is revealed to the world. That's a wonderful story. That's a wonderful thing. When people around you choose to hate you, reject you, be confused by you, be weirded out by you, separate themselves from you, because of your relationship with Jesus Christ, be encouraged. Because in that exchange of relationships in some mysterious way this is how God is moving forward the good news about who Jesus Christ is I certainly wouldn't want you to go around trying to isolate yourself or trying to make people angry you know um, you know I wouldn't want you to try to confuse people by being exceptionally weird you know Um, don't just try to be Christian weird you know just be Christian and that is weird now you can tweet that G all right You know, you're going to be able to see, tell your story, tell it in this way. Listen, I don't understand it all, but I know this. I was blind and I can now see. But as these things happen around you, I want you to know that Jesus is right there. Jesus shows up. This is so beautiful. Jesus shows up. Look in verse 35, and this is where I'll wrap this up. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And having found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? This is a different question than, than, uh, do you, you know, do you want to receive your sight? Remember? Like, that was his first most pressing need. Do you want, do you want to receive your sight? So he takes this mud and he spits in it, or takes the dirt, spits in it, makes it mud, rubs it in his eyes, tells him to go to Siloam. That's all, I mean, it's a little bit of faith he put in it. And now he's getting to see something bigger. Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered. And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. This man who was physically blind was also spiritually blind, but now can see, see, physically can see, and spiritually can see Jesus as worthy of worship. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. I want you to know that as you are in this journey of going from being spiritually blind to being, to being spiritually able to see, and the people around you, the relationships get shuffled, and some people are angered, some people are confused, some people are weirded out by it. As things change all around you, what I want you to know is that right there, meeting you right there, is Jesus. 
And what you need to do is keep doing what you've done, which is put the amount of faith you have in him and watch him do things all around you that you would never, could never imagine. Thank God for his work of taking blind people, blind beggars, and turning us into seeing evangelists, right? Let's pray together.